Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Our episode today is focused on the investment side of the actuarial world. More specifically, we will be talking about a class of assets known as infrastructure investments. We'll be discussing what they are, how they can form part of an investment portfolio for both pension and insurance applications, and what impact the pandemic has had during this past year. Joining us today to discuss this topic is Caroline Grandois, ACIA, FSA, Vice President and Portfolio Manager, Cross Asset Solutions with Fiera Capital. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let's start off. Can you tell us what are infrastructure investments and how would you describe this asset class? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Well, infrastructure to start is quite a broad asset class. It's one that can be effectively accessed through either an investment in an infrastructure assets debt or an infrastructure assets equity. The asset can be accessed either publicly, so through the stock market or through bonds, or it can also be accessed uh, by private uh, investments as well uh, for investors. But generally for today's call, I think when we talk about infrastructure, generally people are talking about private equity in an investment in infrastructure. The investment itself represents a number of key sectors for populations, such as transport, so that would be our bridge, toll roads, airport, energy generation, utilities, so water, electric transmission, waste management, P3s, so those are uh, public-private partnerships in healthcare, education, social justice. And finally, we have the sector as well of telecoms that's accessible through infrastructure. So that would be fiber networks, data centers, towers, um, and that sort of things. In general, though, an infrastructure investment can be thought of as a long-term investment in a monopolistic sector, and that is sometimes government-contracted. Okay, so let's talk a bit about the role of infrastructure investments in portfolio construction. So can you describe the specific characteristics of these assets and talk about their risk return perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it's quite interesting, the infrastructure investment, because it can actually have a dual role in a portfolio. Uh, Generally, when you think of a 40-60 portfolio, you think of your income generation and you think of your capital appreciation. Infrastructure Um, And most alternative assets have kind of a hybrid property to a portfolio. So effectively, there's a part to income generation and also capital appreciation. So the income generation for these assets come through uh, the operation of the asset. So generating the electricity, generating the data that ends up being paid for through a process like a run by an operator. But there's also a capital appreciation that comes through either the development of the asset or its improvement or its increase in its value, for instance, over time. On top of serving that dual role in a portfolio of income and capital appreciation, more and more asset owners are actually using the asset class to help replace yield in a low interest rate environment. And that's where actually a lot of the popularity of the asset has come through in the past few years. So effectively, generally, we can see an infrastructure asset if we're talking about a core infrastructure asset, so something that's constructed in an operation, generating something like a, a 3 4% on an annual basis of return. 
which is an interesting yield component to a portfolio and a replacement for interest rates would have been lower and lower over the past few years. On the capital appreciation component, again, the other thing that's quite interesting with these assets is that effectively, oftentimes, the capital appreciation will be quite decorrelated from general capital market. So there we have the ability to generate growth uh, that diversifies the portfolio. And finally, um, another thing that we see is that uh, these assets generally are able to keep pace with inflation uh, through their contracting capacity and through their operation of the asset. So overall, uh, a very efficient allocation for asset owners in a well-diversified and income-generating asset. So why are we talking about infrastructure investments now, and how has the asset class evolved over the past few years? Well, uh, firstly, Chris, I would say the, the first and main reason is when I just alluded to that the, the question of the low interest rate environment. Effectively, asset owners are searching for yield wherever they can take it. Some of it is being found by going to higher yielding bonds, but an investment in an infrastructure can also generate a yield very effectively at sometimes less risk uh, than a corporate asset, for instance, a corporate bond asset. So that's one thing that has generated a lot of popularity. But in general, the other thing that's important to note with infrastructure is that until recently, it would generally be lumped in the alternative category but effectively, that's quite a misnomer. The asset class, as you mentioned, has evolved to become quite common and prevalent into asset owners' portfolios. It used to be that the asset was only available to the big players. So the big pension plans would be able to go in and invest directly in an airport or directly in a bridge or co-invest with other players alike. But effectively, over the past five to 10 years, there's been more and more creation of pooled fund investments, open-ended funds as well, availability has increased. So those assets have become more easily attainable for general smaller, mid-size and larger plans to be able to participate in a well-diversified manner and to be able to take advantage of the capacity of the manager to manage the asset class for them. There's been a lot of development and the asset class as well, moving into an asset that seems to only be core to now having assets that are going towards more of a core plus or value added component. So it's not only the asset that's become available, it's also how you invest in the asset and finally the type of risk profile that's available to you. And then there's also a lot of really interesting development in the asset class. For instance, I mentioned data centers uh, in the types of investments that you can have. That's definitely something where it's an investment that makes sense in today's world and that takes advantage of the push towards technology that we generally have. And then finally, there's also an interest to, for investors to be able to be an impact investor with respect to environment, social and governance perspective by, for instance, investing in the fund that would support green energies. So all of these things kind of put together really have pushed the asset class forward and made it available to more and more investors. All right. So from an actuarial standpoint, can you tell us some of the benefits of this asset class uh, for our colleagues in the insurance or pension industry? 
Absolutely. So actually both pension and insurance actuaries should be interested in, the, in this asset class for their portfolios. On the pension side, so again, if we go back to that yield component, effectively, I think right now all actuaries may be struggling to get a discount rate at a certain level or to foresee a discount rate that can support liabilities that doesn't generate a lot of funding mismatch. But effectively, an asset such as an infrastructure, having a higher capacity to generate assets, to generate return for the future, is able to support a, a higher discount rate. In addition to that, it's an asset that does have some duration. I've mentioned that the asset is often contracted, that provides operating uh, returns year after year, and is linked to interest rates. So effectively, we're able to allocate some duration exposure as well to the asset. So those things together help us support a discount rate. And then on the other side of the equation, I mentioned that the asset is quite efficient at diversifying capital appreciation of portfolio. So we'll generally see in a going concern funding environment for a pension actuary, in addition to infrastructure, will decrease volatility. And that's even supported by some provincial legislation that will give partial credit in the calculation of provision for adverse deviation to real asset investments such as infrastructure. On the insurance side, again, that's really mostly for longer lived liabilities though. So for our colleagues that would be in very short lived product, this may not be an investment that would be that interesting or effectively maybe investing through debt infra infrastructure or something a little shorter lived, maybe more appropriate. But for those insurers that have longer lived liability, it, that an infrastructure investment is quite interesting. Even though it does have a higher like cap charge that needs to be considered than just a pure bond portfolio, we see that if we calculate the potential for return after capital charges, you still end up in a better position than you would uh, with a pure bond portfolio. So there's opportunity for an insurer to optimize their portfolio for with the asset class. And further, if we consider calm, for instance, in the calculation of reserve for the company, in the current low rate environment, we see that real assets such as infrastructure are extremely useful in generating cash flows to match the liabilities and therefore will generally help uh, reserve calculation. Well, this wouldn't be a 2020 podcast episode if we didn't talk about the pandemic. So let's finish up with one question about that. Uh, do you expect any short or long-term impact related to the pandemic on infrastructure investments? Of course. I mean, this asset category is not magic. It's going through the same reality than capital markets are, than bond markets are as well. So a few things that we have to consider though is especially for private infrastructure investments, the performance that we've seen this year for the investment has been a lot less volatile, of course, than uh, public markets and even public market investments in infrastructure. So there is still a capacity for the asset class to maintain its value through the current environment. But I think it would be extremely important to take the time to discuss the current market conditions with your asset manager to understand if they're facing liquidity issues or if they may be in their sectorial approach to the YASA class, make sure that you have discussions with your managers about airports, about how, especially for what we call greenfield infrastructure, so infrastructures that are in development, what's the plan for that? So 
in general, a good discussion with your infrastructure manager is necessary at the moment. That being said, we've seen that the asset class in general has been able to protect value for investors in this year. And in addition to that, in the long term, it's important to know that all of these assets at the core are meant to provide key services for our population. So effectively, our needs for energy haven't changed with the pandemic. Our needs for data centers have not changed. If anything, they may have increased. So there's a ton of things like that where the infrastructure investment is really well positioned to help portfolio go through the current period. But with a good discussion with your manager, you can make sure that you're invested in a fund or in a product that's well positioned for the future. Great. Well, that was very informative. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us today. That's my pleasure. We now have over five dozen episodes in our podcast series, so we certainly encourage you to subscribe. You can do so through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use to access podcast content. If you like today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating or a comment. We would like to hear from you, so please send any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.